All right, but seriously, no. So, like, you know, like, you, you know what an idiom is, right? Sure. Like, as the crow flies, or Jennifer, or party pooper, or things like that, right? As the crow flies. <laughs> Can we start using that more? Never, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I give up on trying to have a civilized what? conversation what? with you what? motherfuckers. What did Wendy say? No, but, like, she has these idioms, and I've never fucking heard them like before. Like what? What you got? Uh, like... Six, six, uh, six of one, half dozen of another. I don't know. When use it in a sentence, um, it basically means it doesn't matter, right? So like, oh, uh, still, <laughs> still <laughs> versus <up>. sparkling water. <laughs> six of one, half dozen of another. Oh. It's like, well, if you want sparkling, then drink sparkling. It's the same thing, right? Sounds like an Ed Win idiom. Wow. Like the bottom half a dozen of another. <laughs> Great. Okay. What is my that? story is invalid now. Well, what? That well, was I mean, to, to be fair, when you started your story, it was mostly invalid. Aww. Wow. What? Is there another idiom she uses, or just that one? Honesty is the key to a good. There's another one, but I got to be honest with you, it drives me crazy every time she does it. So what, I what? haven't paid attention to what it is. Really? It's like, it's something like an 85-year-old man at the country store down on the corner would say. <laughs> like, they're sitting out front talking about bags of seed, and they're like, Patoon! You know, this is Patoon, this spit. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> like well, a grizzled old prospector? Back in the day, when I was growing up in Alabama, you know, down where the horn swagglers fly. I don't know, some shit like that. <laughs> Try, no. It's just I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying? A nod as so good actually, as a wink to a blind bat, eh? <laughs> I actually <laughs> said to her, I said, hey, do me a favor. Like, go out of your way to use different idioms than these two that you constantly <laughs> use. That no one I just want to see if she knows other idioms. Needless to say, she hasn't used other idioms. It is better to she love than to not. <laughs> <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Your turn. Commas are important. Is that a, is that one? You can pick your friends. You can pick your notes. No, I don't know. But you can't. What's a gift wait. horse? T t let's talk Never about that. What is a gift horse? horse? What the <laughs> hell does that mean? <laughs> it's, good, it's an idiom. Never look at <laughs> gift horse in the mouth. Somebody literally meant, here's your gift whore. And somebody, no, I, I said horse, no, honey. I think, horse. I think it means like they, when things used to be delivered by horseback and they would deliver like gifts. Okay, and so they would call it a gift horse. So never look a gift horse. And can you? Can you? Why look wouldn't this up? you do that? I want this so verified. Bad about looking at the delivery boy. Huh? Is the horse gonna spit at me? I just want to know. Uh, that that would be never look a gift alpaca in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, don't look. Don't look any alpaca in the <laughs> don't mouth. Look, don't look him in the eye, man. <laughs> He'll spit on you. That's literally the magic carpet ride at Magic Kingdom. You get spit on? Animals spitting on you as you're trying to navigate the carpet in a circle. I haven't been to Disney World in a while, but I don't, I don't sure remember that, that experience. Yeah, neither do I. Camels, whatever. Yeah, they're like spitting water at you as you go around and around like every freaking Walt ride would turn Disney. over in his cryo chamber. I thought the magic carpets were like the Dumbo ride where it's just... Wow. Nobody even heard my They go up and down with their camels that spit water at you. If you get at a certain level, they'll, they'll get you. I did not know that. I has it on video. <laughs> He's got proof. Oh, so it's like the spinning it's like a thing. Fake, yeah, it's like a fake and camel. you pull the handle to go up or down and gotcha. Gotcha. So it's not a real camel. I don't yes, remember camels spitting in Aladdin. They have real camels that spit at small children as they ride the Aladdin ride at Magic Kingdom. That's so if I fucking magical. It. God. 
They can control mosquitoes and force camels to spit at children. It's amazing. Imagine if some weirdo <laughs> decided one day to come to work and fill those camels with acid. I think the camels I would be dead you were before going they a could completely spit completely different out. direction. <laughs> It's porn star day at Magic Kingdom. Oh, no. <laughs> you nasty. You a nasty boy. <laughs> it's now called the snowball ride for today only. Oh, my God. The snowball ride. All right. On that <laughs> note, guess what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Popcorn Tribunal. We're back. Remember, kids, have your Google handy. Have your Google handy. Have your browser handy. Go visit us at coffeedudescoffee.com. Dot, ooh, you were on that one. It's been a while. Coffeedudescoffee.com. Proud sponsor of Pop... I mean, are you proud, Chris? I mean, oh, I'm pretty proud. Okay. Oh, Tony, oh. the podcast has started. You can turn off private browsing now. Oh, sorry. What? Huh? Did you just tell me to put my porn away? Did you look at? Did you look up gift horse and something else came up? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. Is it gift or is it gift? Is <laughs> that gift horse in the mouth? Wow. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> oh, I think it's time for movie nudes. What do you movie think? Movie nudes. Ba, da, ba, Put them on the glass. <laughs> what? 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 Oh, Billy. <laughs> mm, okay. Who did uh, Baby Got Back? Was that Buster Rhymes? No. Um, oh oh God. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Well, he followed it up with Put Him on the Glass, and it's a song about boobs. <laughs> All right. So, That's your music uh, trivia for today, I want that played at my Today's funeral. movie news is brought to you by EmpireOnline.com. EmpireOnline.com. I want a glass casket, and that's going to be played at the end of my funeral. And y'all Christine know what to is do. totally on board for this. Uh, Tony had a lot of work today, so he didn't get an opportunity to do movie news, so we're going to go straight from the source. <laughs> you give me shit for doing that. Yeah, sometimes. That's fair. Go ahead. Say what you need to say. About what? You caught me in about the middle of a drink? Empire Online? Oh, I don't drink care. Drink Better than screen rant. <clears throat> well, uh, tonight we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about French Dispatch, which Tyler and I saw the other night with yes. his lovely significant other, who shall remain nameless. And um, Bill Murray let slip that he is going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. What? Really? What? Yeah. Uh, really? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a, According to Empire Online. What about 20 um, days from now, is he going to appear in that? What comes out in about 20 days from now? Yes. Yeah, okay, he's, never mind. He's confirmed for that. For what? Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. Ghostbusters. The, they, the three of them are. And then I think Sigourney's confirmed and Annie Potts is confirmed. Rick Moranis is not. So See, he said the real, yeah. in yeah. an interview with a German newspaper, he said, you know, recently I made a Marvel mm-hmm. movie. I probably won't tell you, but never mind. In any case, some people were quite surprised why I decided on such a project. For me, that thing was quite clear. I got to know the director, and I really liked him very much. Doesn't very much covered by the word really in that statement. And why would you like Peyton Reed? Hmm. He was funny, humble, and everything you want from a director. And with the cheerleader story, Bring It On, he made a movie years ago, which I think is damn good. So he's just a big Bring It On So I agreed, boy. although I'm not interested in these huge comic book adaptations as an actor otherwise. Let's put it this way. The director's a good guy, and now I've at least tried it out, what it's like to shoot a Marvel movie. But I don't think I need that experience a second time. Bill <laughs> fucking Murray. Bill I know, man. I, I mean, realistically, the guy can do whatever he wants. Right? And he so. does, often. Yeah. <laughs> So we've had a couple different conversations about the dark universe, the DC dark universe, or just 
What are you talking in about? In general, like the mummy, that kind of That's stuff. That's not DC. You're right. It's, it's universal. Not, right. I'm sorry. I thought they gave up on that because Invisible Man was just its own thing. Well. Because the money, the mum, the money, that didn't make the any. Invisible Man director Lee Wanell is on board to make the Wolfman movie for Universal. Wow. Starring. <clears throat> I don't know why I went full Owen Wilson there. Ryan Gosling. As a Wolfman? Mm-hmm. Werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, spooky. <clears throat> Boys um, becoming men. Derek C. Men becoming wolves. Uh, has actually come on board to take over for Lee Wanell because due to scheduling issues, Wanell had to drop out. What, Insidious 5? Um, what are they on? C in France was uh, who directed Blue Valentine, The Place, and Within the Pines. The All Place with, Beyond the Pines. The Place Within the Pines is what it says. I was just reading what it place says. Within. <laughs> Preposition trouble. It's beyond. Okay. Um, so it's uh, supposed to be a present day take on the Wolfman story. Um, <laughs> and right. Apparently, Gosling, didn't they try that with uh, Del Toro? Benicio? Gosling and C in France are both working on writing it. So. You remember that, Tony? Mm-mm. You don't remember Benicio Del Toro as a wolf? No. Well, they've tried to do this dark universe. I remember Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson as a that, that was wolf. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember. Mm-mm. What remind what? me of Benicio as a wolf? I think twenty ten. They start, tried to do the Dark Universe with the Wolfman, and then it, nobody saw it. Then they tried to do the Dark Universe and get that started with Dracula Untold, and then nobody saw it. And then they tried again with the Mummy, and then nobody saw it. But they saw the Invisible Man. Yes. Speaking of which, I want to talk a little bit about Blumhouse Tell me on. about my boy Jason. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Oh, we got we to gotta talk about Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, I'll be quick here. Okay. Um, so, Brendan Fraser, who's already a part of the current DC universe, right? Because he's Cliff Steele on Doom Patrol. Um, he has signed on to play a villain in Batgirl. Now, here's an interesting take from me. <clears throat> I did the some CW re- Batgirl? I did some... Or the HBO the Max movie. movie. The movie, yeah. Holy shit, this is exhausting. <laughs> okay, so current... Current thoughts hasn't been confirmed, but current thought is that he will play Firefly. He was a pyromaniac and Batman bad guy, right? Um, he was horrendously scarred, leading him to wear a flame-proof bodysuit. So here's the thing, though. Okay. If you look in the comic books, the character is ripped, right? I know Muscular. nothing about. What's his name? Firefly. Well, Brendan Fraser is not currently in the... You leave that schlubby man alone. I mean... He already works around the clock. He, he's, but he's, I love him as an actor. I think he's sure. great, right? He, he went through some shit. He so did. So I'm intrigued as to see if he does the superhero transformation and kind of slims down and buffs up. It'll be interesting. Anyways. <clears throat> um, and then last but certainly not least. Yes. Uh, we have officially had Dune Part 2 announced. And confirmed by both Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures. There you go. <clears throat> With all of the original cast that is still alive and returning. Who died? Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's put it this way. <laughs> Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, and Timothy Chalamet are all confirmed to return. I haven't seen it yet. I know. And That's... I don't remember shit about the OG because it's a mess. Well, lucky you. We're going to watch it. Yes, we are. We're going to go see the movie again. Yes. I've already seen it. You haven't. Yes. 
and then we're going to have a conversation right here on this podcast, oh Popcorn Tribune. Right here? Like right here. Right here. Right here. Wow. In this very chair. By this very By expensive, this very drum, expensive set. drum set. I only With mentioned half it. Of Nazi propaganda on it. Oh, good lord. <laughs> The Iron Cross is but. not Nazi propaganda. So Tyler's clumsy as shit, okay? Can I help and you, I have sir? a new drum set right here in I'm the studio. I'm going to put my ball sack on your drum set. And he <laughs> likes to knock my you sound wait. treatments off the wall. Well, I just don't want my wife to kill me because my new drum kit. Has nothing to do with that his I life. Don't He's even, putting it on her, but I don't to... deserve, mind you, because I am <clears throat> a piece of shit. So before um, we delve into the conversation <laughs> about movies today, I would like to point out that we took a drive to southern Indiana Two weekends ago, <clears throat> during fall break, and my eleven-year-old son is like, "Dad, can Great I watch story, Tony? This Let's movie, move on to movie brothers." And I was like, well, I "You guess. two, uh, do I have to turn this car around with you two? <laughs> so fight me." Wendy and I are driving. <laughs> in, well, I'm driving. She's in the front passenger seat, and all of a sudden, Tristan just starts laughing so hard he's crying. And it was the scene where it was. Did you touch my fucking drum set? Say, did he find your only friends or something? Um, <laughs> hey man, I gotta pay the bills. Somehow. Only friends? Yes. <laughs> it's where uh, I, it's only my friends can subscribe, and they <laughs> only my friends can see me nude. <laughs> yes. But anyways, he was crying, tears streaming down his face. He was laughing so hard at the drum kit scene from Step Brothers, and Wendy and I felt very validated. I'm glad. What a wow. fun fall break. Wow. What'd you do over fall break? I don't know. Got married. I did do that. Yeah. Yeah. Then I forced my new wife to watch all the Halloween movies in oh. preparation for this yeah. podcast. All right. So <clears throat> we're going to do a quick rundown of a few movies that we've seen. We're going to start with French Dispatch because it's one that we've both seen. But if you want an in-depth review, go to... What is that website called? Popcorn Tribunal. Dot com. com. So that we're going to be published this evening, um, and by the time this episode is out, it will mm-hmm. be up. There's also one for Halloween Kills. I th- are you doing one for Antlers? Yes. Okay. So we are trying to do more written reviews, so the website gets a little more traffic on top of the podcast. A little well. more in depth in yeah. the written reviews, yeah. um, especially now because we're going to have just kind of some quick stuff come out, and then we're yep. going to move on to a conversation about. Halloween movies. So <laughs> insert um, <laughs> Halloween sounds here. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, it's back. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the French Dispatch. Um, you walked out twice from boredom. Well, first time I had to pee. Second time I was falling asleep. Needed some caffeine. So t- now, t- to me, be fair, that okay. doesn't necessarily reflect on the movie. Well, I didn't hate it. Well, do you like Wes Anderson films, and which ones have I've you seen? I've liked some Wes Anderson w- films. Which ones? The ones about the hotel. The- Everybody liked the one about the hotel. Isn't there two of them? It's just it's just the one. I thought there were two Grand of Budapest them. Hotel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What's the Marigold Hotel movie? That has nothing to do with Wes Anderson. Neither of them. Okay. The first best... Exotic Marigold Hotel. That's right, that and the second do. best exotic like Marigold those. Hotel. <laughs> those had nothing to do with that. That's Wes great. <laughs> um, Woody right. Allen didn't make Wimbledon either. <laughs> In case you were wondering. So the story goes the French Dispatch is a periodical mm-hmm. that is having closing its, its doors, having its final issue. 
and Bill Murray plays the editor, mm-hmm. editor-in-chief, mm-hmm. and the film very creatively is set to be kind of each writer's vision Article, becomes the, whatever. the yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. It's kind of along the lines of like a New Yorker. No, it's, stories, it's absolutely what it is. Stories, satire, things of that mm-hmm. sort. Um, so it's based, it's kind of episodic in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Three and, stories with a little opening and a little beginning. I could have sworn there were four stories. Were there only three? You get the obituary, you get Owen Wilson on his bicycle, mm-hmm. you get the three stories, and then you get kind of the epilogue. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. the Owen Wilson piece was not necessarily a... That was only like five minutes, it's kind gotcha. of a whimsical intro. It was whimsical indeed. Okay. He doesn't say wow. <clears throat> Two stars. Um, Benicio Del Toro is the star of the show for me. The first um, segment is is the best. Yeah. And he's a... It's not just because there's a naked woman in it. Didn't hurt. Um, didn't hurt, but he plays this psychologically challenged artist. Who's in prison. Who's in prison. For murdering people. For murdering. Decapitating people. Yeah. I mean, murdering, decapitation, they're hand in hand. I mean, six, can... in, six of one, half dozen of another. <laughs> a nod is as good as a wink to a blind bat. <laughs> oh, jolly good fun. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, man, I mean. You okay? Out of ten, I would maybe say four and a half. Really? But that's based on what I like. Well, what's interesting about it, because it's, it's. Let me clarify one thing, though. Okay. Visually, mm-hmm. extraordinarily appealing. Sure, I love his. It's um, his most ambitious yet because of the I way love his use of the rule of thirds properly. Sure, within a non-widescreen format. Well, it it switches between aspect ratios to tell the yeah. story. It switches between black and white and color to tell the story. Yeah, sometimes a sequence. Saoirse Ronan's eyes, mm-hmm. man. The highlight color or like show the artist's work, show her yeah. eyes, show the culinary yeah. delights the chef makes at the end. Sometimes he'll tell part of the story as a play. Sometimes he'll tell it as like a Adventures of Tintin animated. That's piece. the one thing. The animated sequence felt to me like they didn't want they didn't have the budget to film the actual car scene, Maybe. so they just animated it. I could be, and it worked. <laughs> so. New Yorker has cartoons, right? I don't know. I don't read satire. I don't either. I don't get it. I like banter, but I hate witty banter. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, whatever. It was, it was a Wes Anderson film for me. It's, it's one I of know, those that won't I go know. out of my way to watch it unless a friend is like, "Hey, I want to watch this Wes Anderson movie." Okay. Will you watch it with me? And I get that. And it's not for everybody. Clearly, it's very hard to follow because by the time you're done. If you like Wes Anderson films, I hear it's one sure. of the better. Sure. So. I mean, it's I'm I'm a fan and like some of the innovative techniques he he uses to tell his story, I'm always blown away by. Like when Benicio and the the guard lady are like post-coitus and right. they're like laying down, you he'll like turn the frame upside down depending yeah. on who's talking. I think that's interesting or when they do like the mannequin. The fight sequence was pretty great too. Because they were like, clearly just standing as still as possible, right? Or like the the POV where like Benicio del Toro's in the wheelchair and chasing him, or Owen Wilson's on his yes. bike. I think like that kind of stuff's mm-hmm. cool. When they did like the mannequin challenge, and you're like 
have like these dolly shots moving across and people just standing still. Just that was the fight sequence. Yeah. I was just talking about. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. I I think this is the kind of stuff that's worth seeing in a theater, just because. Yeah. In a, world, I don't understand the use of the, the sixteen by six by nine. No, what's the ratio? Four by three ratio? Four by three. The full frame? When you're releasing things in theater. What do you mean? Is it possible that originally it was meant for a streaming release? No. No, he did that with Grand Budapest. Okay. He's playing with aspect ratios to tell the story because sometimes it'll be in four by three and then he'll use widescreen to show like... Why? He's just... It's the way of telling the story and I'm still like absorbing it so I don't... I mean, he's been making movies for what, 30 years? 96? No, Bill Murray's been acting for 30 years. Sorry. More than that. Uh, 96, I think, was yeah. Bottle Rocket. So, like, close to 30. What's I guess. crazy is Bottle Rocket didn't have that style to it. Neither did Rushmore. Yeah. It wasn't until Royal You're Tenenbaums. Right, Rushmore did not. Yeah, Royal Tenenbaums is where he became, like, full Wes Anderson. So, Roman Coppola produced this? Is that what I saw? Or wrote it? I think he is a writing. He's one of his writing partners. Sometimes he'll partner with Jason Schwartzman or mm-hmm. Noah Baumbach. Or, uh, Schwartzman was in it. And yeah. you didn't realize that until after the movie. I did not because there's so many so many of his like celebrity friends show up for like yeah, a scene. For sure. like, Christoph for Waltz 10 is, seconds. Christoph Waltz is there and then he's gone. Yeah. Um, Saoirse Ronan playing a prostitute with her boobs hanging out, which was so unusual, but so welcome. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not for everybody, but... I enjoyed it. What did um, your significant other human being think of it? I'm s- slowly showing her a few Anderson before, so she was prepared, and she really enjoyed it. So far, it's her favorite one. Yeah. What have you shown her? Rushmore, Moonrise Kingdom, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Which she didn't like at all. She was not. A, she's not big on stop motion. I'm not big on it either, so I agree with her on that one. Uh, what was the other one? Yeah. Let's just say those because I can't remember. <laughs> so, um, out of ten for you? Eight or nine. How would you rank it among Wes Anderson movies that you've enjoyed? Um, Out of his ten, probably like fifth. Really? So mm-hmm. halfway. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? Life Aquatic. With Steve Zizou? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you seen that one? I have not. Okay, Should I don't I? know. What, I don't know what you would think of it. Does it have Steve Zahn in it? It does not. Two stars. Don't you think that would be fantastic? The Life Aquatic. Steve, Steve Zizou Zahn? had Steve Zahn in it. You should have been in the production should've. meetings. I should have for that movie. Early reading. Exactly. You yeah. know who'd be great for this part? Fuck Bill Murray. Steve Zahn. You hadn't said anything the rest of the meeting, and then as soon as you say that, you get up and leave. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. He's a great comedian. Did you see him in that one movie about the O'Neaters? The O'Neaters? That thing you do? People tell me I need to watch that thing. You haven't seen that? I've, no. Okay. <laughs> you've seen The Greatest Showman multiple times, but you've never seen that. Never said of that. I've seen it once. You've seen it more than once. I have not. I've seen it once in theaters. He's a when, when the hell did you get the impression I was a fan of that movie? I don't know. <laughs> I'm the bearded lady. What are you, one of the freaks? 
All right, cool. So, um, French Dispatch, we saw together. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw... Talk about Antlers. Okay, so Antlers has been a movie that was supposed to come out in, I think, late 2020. That was like mid twenty. I don't remember. Directed by Scott Cooper. We've um, seen this trailer for like a year and a half. Yeah. What else has Scott Cooper directed? Black Mass. With uh, with Johnny Depp? Yep. What else? Anything else? I'm sure, but I don't remember. Okay. So, um, Carrie Russell's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is in it. And Kevin Bacon as the monster. And Kevin Bacon is not in it. Oh, two stars. So, I've not... I've been very outspoken about how I'm not a big fan of horror movies. I have my favorites. Other than that, um, I don't really enjoy them or go out of the way. But this is one I've been intrigued by, mostly because it was produced by Guillermo del Toro, Mm -hmm. which means that the monster definitely probably had some of his insight behind it. And I really like... And the little boy falls in love with the monster. (laughs) No. Um, This movie didn't disappoint. Okay. Um, That's what you said. We're going to talk a little bit about Malignant. (laughs) <laughs> and um, our feelings about Malignant are probably very mixed. Malignant was one of those movies that was so bad it was good. We'll talk. And I feel like Antlers was... I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I feel like it's a movie that it's a little little heavy, so you may not enjoy it as much as I did. I was in a weird headspace, so and I he- kind of heard that, so that's mm-hmm. why I skipped that on the on the screening. But I do plan to watch it at some point. So it, it's got some themes that are pretty, pretty tough. Um, what does the monster represent? The main, the main. So that's the thing. Let's not refer to it as a monster because there's not necessarily a monster in the movie. It was the friends we made <laughs> along the way. Basically, it starts out where a guy and his partner are making meth. In an abandoned what mine. What the hell? That's how it starts? In an abandoned I mine. I did not get that from that trailer. And they get attacked trailer. by a monster called a Wendigo. You said is, not to call it that, Tony. Well, I'm talking about the way the movie goes. So, the story goes that this Wendigo is, um, has taken over someone's body, and eventually they hatch, and they have to go find another body to take over. It's cool. like a husk kind of thing. Cool. So... Uh, Husk. This this man gets taken over by the Wendigo, and the man and his son mm-hmm. are both attacked, and the son's maybe six or seven. And then he turns into a Winnebago? And then there's a, another son who's 12. And so the whole story is based around this boy taking care of his father and his younger brother who have been taken over and are slowly transforming into this Wendigo. <clears throat> they both are? Yes, it can only inhabit one person at a time. Um, it has an insatiable hunger. And how did he possess both of them? I don't. I don't know. It was explained in the movie, but I don't know how to explain that to you. That's okay. But um, I think it has something to do with seeing the okay. or being attacked by it. You get a C plus on this book report, sir. Kind of. Thank you. Kind of like a werewolf. You get bit by a werewolf. You turn into a werewolf. So it makes more Wendigos? They're a wolf. They're castle. It infects them, and as the Wendigo hatches from the husk of one human... That should be our new idiom, as the Wendigo hatches. (laughs) 
Tyler's going to take the rest of the episode. Good night, everybody. Seen the movie. Then why are you fucking talking about it? Let me talk about. Okay, it. talk about it faster. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, Carrie also plays a teacher who's gone through some. Um, she had moved away, and after her, uh, she was abused by her father. Holy shit! And so she left. Her mother died. She came home. Her dad committed suicide. So this sounds like a fun, family-friendly romp. Oh, say. No, definitely not. But um, the the small child and her bonded over the fact that they both had some trauma, mm-hmm. and so she kind of took him under her under his her wing, and that's kind of the story of the movie. Um, ends rather abruptly. Overall, the story was well written. It was well acted. Jesse Plemons was exceptional. Um, the little boy was exceptional. Why is he showing us a laptop? He had a sick screensaver, bro. What is nah, it? It's just moving it. No. Okay. <laughs> just my fan. Thanks for paying attention, motherfuckers. I am. I was just moving it because it was making noise. <laughs> oh, okay. Could hear it in my microphone. Oh, I was wondering what you were doing. Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get some quality control going here. <sighs> First of all, I don't claim to be Continue. Oh, this is no. this is all staying in. <laughs> it has to stay in. I just don't have time to remove it anymore. Oh, looks like we're gonna have to hire an editor. Um, I'm available for that. How much you want to pay? Oh, you can make time for that. I'm gonna give you about tree fifty. Time is money. Okay, so I would say probably six out of ten. That's surprisingly low for how you you came out of the movie. I mean, I didn't necessarily it. rave for it, but I, I had to wait a long time for it. So the anticipation, um, it was good. But I, I don't like horror movies, so I'm not really Then gonna... why did you go? Because <laughs> we do this thing called a podcast, and it's about movies, and we needed this thing called content. Well, in that case... Speaking of why did I go, another movie that we both saw. What a malignant. segue. We're going to get a, right into it? I'm going to let you start talking <laughs> about Malignant. James Wan has gone off his meds. For the record, we've spoken about Malignant before, but I want to talk about it again. Not on the podcast. Yeah. When? The last episode before the marriage. Did we? Yeah. But I want to talk about it again because I want to compare it to Antlers. Because I feel like everything that Malignant did badly, Antlers did well. In what way? So... No character development. There's character it, development in Malignant. No, there wasn't. We learn all about this woman. and the, Go back and listen to the podcast. And the, you yourself said there was no character development. I mean, there wasn't no character <laughs> development. This lady in the back of her head. You learn a lot about them. Okay. I don't know. I, so for me, Malignant was so bad it was good. Right, it was one of those <laughs> movies where you were like... And it's only gotten higher up on my, my ranking of the year for that reason. It was such a delight. And it was it was a spiritual, theatrical experience. There was a jump scare that got you, and that doesn't typically happen. No, I know. And every time it happens, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> That's literally exactly what you say. That is what happened. What? When was it? <coughs> oh my god, Tony is dead. What the hell? <coughs> Poison shouldn't have worked that fast. Is that what's in that coffee? No, it was the water, actually. I thought Chris put his own special creamer in it. We are shaped like a sawed-off horn. I've always wanted to ask about those. (coughs) 
Yeah, it was the late 2000s. Weird shit, you know? Yeah. So you got modern art for your drinking glasses? The problem glasses? is, is if you drink glasses. from them incorrectly, the water rushes down. That's glasses, true. No, I've done that many a time. Yeah. You yeah. could do a supercut of me coughing up, up along. <laughs> and you really you can't drink out of them any other way. It's, yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh-uh. And it's fine. I, mean, I love a drinking glass that needs instructions. Yeah. <laughs> this side up. <laughs> well, Malignant is so bad it's good, but it's balls on a filmmaker at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't horribly made. I mean, it looked good. No, that's why I think it it hit harder because it sucks you in thinking it's going to be a generic James Wan sharp slick looking movie. Yeah, and then it goes full B movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But um. But it is a delight. I'll probably buy it. Uh, is Jesse Plemons everywhere now? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's everywhere now, but. Has he? I, I don't remember a whole lot of things that he's been in, but we just saw him in Jungle Cruise. Just saw him in this uh, Game Night. Has he always been the Irish character actor kind of guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Who's you know Jack? he's married to Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I told you about that. Yeah, they, they made on fire. They have like two kids. No way. Yeah, it's craziness. Um, he wasn't that quirky in this movie. I mean, the dude's got range. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't terrible. <clears throat> so uh, I enjoyed him. Um, Carrie Russell, for me, uh, in in Antlers, definitely showed a side that I haven't really seen from a lot of stuff that she's done. Her bum! No. Um, she definitely went a little dark. Let's put it that way. Well, I haven't really seen her in anything until she showed up in Star Wars a year or two ago. Well, I mean, she showed up in Mission Impossible. You're right. Because she's then, friends with J.J. Abrams. And then died. Yep. Mission Impossible 3? Uh, let's see. 2 was John Woo. John Woo, the worst one. 3 was... Yeah. Philip Seymour. Yeah, that's like 2006. Yeah, that was a while ago. She been I don't know what she's been doing, living off that Felicity uh, money. The Americans, dude. Her and her husband are, have been... No like way. I should watch more TV with what little free time I have. It's on I Amazon have. Prime. It's not on TV. That is the new TV. Nobody watches TV no more. Elderly <clears throat> people watch TV. Um, all right. Programs. So we've gotten through Antlers, French Dispatch. Cop Shop. Um, we're saving Dune. Um, cop Shop, Cop Shop. I fucking loved Cop Shop. Cop Shop kicked ass. I've watched it twice more. Really? Um, yeah. I did not expect to like it. Because ne- neither of us did. But Frank it- Grillo hasn't been necessarily the most. He's becoming Bruce Willis, and that's not something you want to be that early he'll in do, your career. He'll just do anything. Correct. But um, so we so we saw this on a whim because we saw the trailer with. Something? We got a random email from a studio rep says, hey, we're doing a screening of Cop Shop. I think it was like the We'd next day. We'd never heard of it until we saw a trailer yeah. before Malignant. And we're like, that looks fun. I think it was like the next day. So it we was did, like it was. short notice. Yep. And we were like, hell yeah, let's go. Right? Mm-hmm. We need something fun. Please. Give us a chance to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I fucking loved it. Cop man. Shop is so much fun. And the- it's... It doesn't try to be anything more than yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't try to be overly intelligent with the script. It's actors having the time of their lives too. It's yeah. crazy. Who's the um who's the, the Oh, the the crazy guy that comes in with the gun? No. That's I love the that Wiz. Guy, that That's the awesome. Wiz from yeah. Seinfeld. No, the um God, the guy who plays Negan on The Walking Dead. Why can't Nobody I think of his name? Nobody beats the Wiz. 
What's his name? The actor who played Oh, Gerard Butler. That's who it is. He's not Negan on That's The not Walking Negan Dead. On, sorry, I get I got them mixed up. Yeah, Gerard Butler. <laughs> but so Gerard Butler's been in some shit farters lately, we right? Need, like we terrible need to movies. To get him a better agent. Like, why is Greenland getting a sequel? You know, because like stuff like that. Somehow it made money during a pandemic. Because the Deadpool girl was in it. Deadpool girl was in it. Yeah. Oh no. The sky is falling. Let's drive and outrun some asteroids. Right, in a Ford truck that's clearly labeled Ford. Um But yeah, man, it's kind of it's the it's the Hitman movie. It's It's very 70s exploitation. It's crazy because yeah. you wanna like Frank Grillo's character, but then you also kind of wanna hate him. And in the end, you kind of fucking hate him, and then yeah, there's there's the, double crossing the all over the place. Who, She's this is her first movie. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, yeah, man, and it's just and there's twists and turns that mm-hmm. you may expect or you may not expect, but they're still there and they work. Um, it's violent as hell. It's Gerard fun. Butler was still alive at the end. I don't know how the fuck that happened. If but... we get Cop Shop two before Greenland two, I will be very happy because <laughs> it sets itself up for more. But it's one of those movies that I think we didn't expect to enjoy as much as we did, and mm-hmm. we didn't expect it because it was kitschy, or we didn't enjoy it, it looks, because it was kitschy. It looks like a movie that should be direct to Redbox, but it's so much better than that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad we saw it in the theater too mm-hmm. because it, it, it for me, it was I. I would say probably one of my top of the year. Me believe too. It or not. I mean, and Me it was too. was not expecting was anything that, that much enjoyable. Fun. Yeah, for sure. And people died that you really wanted to die that you think never usually die in, in the movie. Very bloody ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the scene where the the girl and Frank Grillo were having the shootout. And there's fire everywhere, but there's also yeah. water everywhere. Yeah. It, was, it was great. It was fantastic. Um, there's there's some bad day for night, but even hell, even Fury Road has that. Yeah, but it all happens mostly inside, so it's not really that overwhelming. And if you're gonna do a low budget movie, have a great script and keep it to one location, and you can pull it off. I mean, Frank Grillo gets himself put in jail by knocking out a fucking cop. (laughs) I mean, it's like I need to go to jail so that I'll survive. I'm gonna (laughs) knock this cop out. It worked, and it makes you miss Jerry Butler, man. Yeah, what happened to you? Yeah. Did nobody see The Bounty Hunter with Jennifer Aniston? Oh, that was a great movie. When he threw her in the trunk of that Cadillac. Man, that was a great movie. Academy Award. Oh, wait. No, that was the one starring the girl from Grey's Anatomy that nobody remembers. Catherine... Zeta-Jones? Catherine Heigl? Is that her name? Wow. Was she the one that, that was a chain smoker, so they fired her from Grey's Anatomy? And then no, she, she yeah. fucked up during the knocked up like press yeah. tour, mm-hmm. and then she was blacklisted after and then that. she was in a vix vapor rub commercial and then it all ended what yeah when everything went downhill to make money she had to do a vix vapor rub commercial it's true google it really yeah she screwed her career well and, and then usa gave her a series that lasted for half a season because it's katherine heigl and because it's katherine heigl yeah that sucks man that's why you you a katherine heigl fan no and she I ruined. Wasn't, she I wasn't ruined Grey's the best, Anatomy fan, though. She rest, ruined the best movie outtake ever by calling the other actor by his real name. What if movie? you look up knocked up, like, uh, oh gosh, Lock, knocked look up, up bloopers, knocked up outtakes. It's like the outtake where uh, Jonah Hill goes on this big thing about Brokeback Mountain. It's hilarious, and then she calls him Jonah after he does the whole thing. Are you serious? Ruins it. Yeah. Oh, 
And I don't think they ever Fucking got it again, bitch. so they didn't use the scene. I feel like you could have ADR'd your way out of that. <clears throat> it was mid two thousand. Yeah. Eh, probably. Yeah, and it was uh, Judd Apatow, so it probably didn't have the big budget yet. Judd Apatow just loves to let his people go and then, I guess, not hire an editor? Um, did Judd Apatow do the movie with Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston where they went and lived in this commune no, for a while? He might have produced it. That was Wonderlust. By the way, you tell me I never listened. I was listening. The scene where he's talking about, where Paul Rudd's looking in the mirror my and he's dick. like, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that scene, dude. If you ever want to see funny bloopers, watch the bloopers from that scene. Wanderlust so is under funny. two hours and therefore couldn't have been directed by Judd Apatow. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. All right. So this is what we're here for. It's the big game. Oh, you, have, you didn't say much about Cop Shop. I'm sorry. Do you want to? No, we, it's awesome. There's really we pretty much, much covered it. Okay. <laughs> I think we talked about it. Venom. Do I have to talk about Venom? Let's save it because I want to see it. So maybe we open right. the Dune episode with Venom, and then we can move on to Dune. Sure. Okay. Maybe we can talk a little bit about the upcoming mess that's called Spider-Man No oh, Way Home. Yeah. Because, like, everybody's in this freaking movie. And then next week we get to watch Eternals. We get to watch King Richard. So we'll have oh, some good stuff for the next yeah. episode. So be sure to come back. But for right now, Tyler know. and I had the opportunity to go view a f- picture show. Mm-hmm. A violent, produced by Jason Blum and Bloom House Pictures, written by Danny McBride. Written by Danny McBride. (laughs) Danny fucking McBride, called Halloween Kills. Kenny Powers has a screenwriting credit, and that's that's all that matters in the world. Yeah, that's all that matters in the world. So here's the deal. It does. This one does feel like it's written by Kenny Powers. The assignment given, yes, was to watch every Halloween movie, minus the Rob Zombie ones. Minus the Rob Zombie ones. Mm I didn't watch any of them. And this is why. Because I want you to talk about them. Because you love them. You're and, a lazy piece of shit as no, well. No, no, no. No, no, no. I tried. I fucking tried. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand Michael Myers and Halloween as a character. Now, I wanted to do this and I wanted to talk about this. Okay. So you could say I'm a piece of shit. And because I enjoyed Halloween Kills. Did you at least watch the 2018 one? Bro, I tried. I went back and I could not do it. What is your deal? I don't know. (laughs) I cannot stand the Halloween franchise. What are we doing this for? Give me Friday the 13th. Well, because I know you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And then because I want to go over what people have written as synopsis of these Halloween movies and see what your take is on those. That sounds fun. So there's a lot of fun going on here. Well, so, Friday the 13th, is all those have maintained a consistent quality because they're all trash. Right. From the word go, they're you all trash. You get what you're expecting. Yeah. For me, as I tried to get through some of these Halloween movies, some of them tried to be taken seriously as a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get it. So I wonder, I mean, if you were to poll people who have seen all of the Halloween movies versus all of Friday the 13th movies, mm-hmm. where they would sit, like, do people prefer Friday the 13th over Halloween? Or I have no idea. I know, that's an interesting thought. Well, I think the difference is, like, Freddy has a movie... That's like credible and takes itself seriously. Nightmare with the fir- on Elm Street, the first one, Wes Craven, right? Yeah, 
Michael Myers has the first movie right. that takes itself seriously and people are actually like scared of it. Right. Friday the 13th from the word go was like, we're just cashing in on, the, on, on a trend and we're going to make schlock. Yes. And people like it. <clears throat> so I'm glad you said that because the article that I read mm-hmm. is entitled Halloween, A Complete Guide to Horror's Quirkiest, Most Erratic it's Franchise. It's all over the place. Yes. It is, but we get Buster Rhymes at some point. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. Don't even. So worry the about original it. was 1978. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter made for no money, right? And um, tell us more about him. About John Carpenter? Yeah. Well, a fun fact: if you watch Halloween at one point, because that man smokes like there's no tomorrow, mm-hmm. you can see a puff of smoke coming out from the side of the screen where he's where he's at, and. That's kind of the low-budget charm of, of, of the first Halloween. Is that randomly you'll see smoke coming onto the set? Is that why all of the late Halloween movies had fog machines like it was going out of business? Kind of a homage to John Carpenter? Did they? Dude, did you not notice the fog in every scene in the last third of every movie in the... You didn't watch them. Totally. I watched some of them. Which ones tried. did? You, which ones did you watch? I watched the 1978 one. I watched the 2018 one, and I watched Halloween Kills. Okay. Did you like any of them? Like no. You said you. I okay. like Halloween Kills. Let's talk a little bit about the rules. Okay. Okay, because there are. He rules. doesn't talk. So the rules of Michael Myers is that he always wears a mask and he never ever speaks. Right. However, mm-hmm. in Halloween Kills, you do get to see his face. And he, oh, you've seen his, you see his face from the first movie. Okay, right, but he does not follow that rule. Well, he's he, there's a couple where he the mask is off, but you don't get a a good look at it. Gotcha. Um, Michael is usually credited as the shape. the shape and is always referred to at some point as the boogeyman. This mm-hmm. is true. Yes, he was referred to the, as the boogeyman like five or six times in Halloween Kills. And evil dies tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot of that. Michael is always obsessed with Laurie Strode and her nearest relations. Laurie Strode. Um... Well, that's because well, we have to talk about the timelines. Mm-hmm. So Halloween, Halloween two, which established that Michael Myers is Laurie Strode's brother, and then Halloween four, Halloween five, and Halloween six are kind of a trilogy of their own called the Thorn Trilogy mm-hmm. that follow Halloween one and two, and then ain't nobody liked that, so they threw it all out, and Jamie Lee Curtis came back, and they made H two O, which makes zero sense, right? Because there's nothing to do with water before, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was the era of Scream, yeah. So it's very like hip, like look at these young people. Who made H two O? Wasn't it the same person that made Scream? Kevin Williamson, who did Scream and Dawson's Creek, the faculty, and, yeah, the faculty. Dawson's Creek, yeah, yeah, he did a rewrite on it, yeah, and you can tell, but he wasn't like Kevin Williamson, who made force. some shit movies, but made a lot of fucking money. No, and then my disappeared. dude, he yeah. did. <laughs> well, I think he's doing some stuff with. Like American Horror Story right now too. That I hadn't heard. I know they're doing. He's doing some stuff. I don't another know. Another exactly. scream is coming out in January. We, I don't think he's tied to that. Though. I didn't think so either. The yeah. Ready or Not guys are. But they say that the new scream is like total homage to Wes Craven. So he's hoping. Yeah. Okay. Um, Michael is um, one of the laziest oh, serial killers. Hold ever. up! I didn't finish explaining the timeline. Okay. Tony. Go ahead. H two O and Halloween Resurrection follow Halloween one and two. Mm-hmm. Resurrection sucks, so they threw it all out again. And then Rob Zombie has his own two movies that are their own thing. And then Halloween three is its own thing. And then 
Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills follow only the first movie. Who directed 2018? David Gordon Green, who also directed Halloween Kills. He did... Was 2018 shit. a Blumhouse movie? I don't remember. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're they're the ones that kind of saved the, the franchise because they hadn't done anything with it in nine years. Gotcha. Go okay, on. So, so he's William- lazy. Kevin Williamson, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he created the TV series The Following, which starred Kevin Bacon, which was actually really great. Never even heard of it. Um, really? It was mm-hmm. good. He played an FBI agent uh, searching for a network of serial killers. It was really cool. great. Um, Hulu I, has picked it up and will probably release a fourth oh, season. Oh, so it's new. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, it's fairly new. Um, uh, then he did Stalker um, with Dylan McDermott and Maggie Q. Then he did Time After Time based on a book. Um, Tell Me a Story, which is a psychological thriller based on the Mexican television series Arase Una Vez, um, which takes the world's most beloved fairy tales and reimagines them as dark and twisted psychological thrillers. Like Um, when they did, that was a trend for a while, like Little Red Riding Hood. He did The Vampire Diaries. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, And actually, he is an executive producer of the Scream movie. The new one? Yes. Far out. Yeah. I, I I was gonna be surprised if he wasn't involved at yeah. all. I didn't think he I was. I think but three he was the only one he wasn't involved with, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Michael is lazy. Yes, he never runs. He always walks slowly after his victims. Well, he's not lazy in the new and one. He's never in a hurry. Yeah. So um, part of the terrifying things about Michael is that he's surely the most casual serial killer in history. Now, this brings up the old trope of horror movies, which is the serial killer never seems to be chasing people. Or Mm. people always put themselves in a position to be found by what is the slowest moving character in the movie. Yes. Um, There is a Geico commercial that makes fun of this. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting, of Get course. Get running car. Are you crazy? <laughs> Why? Let's hide behind the wall of chainsaws. Good idea. Okay. This is one thing that I've never understood. Okay. Michael can't be killed. Um, uh, throughout the franchise, he has survived gunshots. Yes. Stabbings. Yes. Explosions. Mm-hmm. Car crashes. Mm-hmm. Electrocution. Mm-hmm. Being run over. Mm-hmm. Having his skull bashed in. Mm-hmm. Being set on fire multiple times and even being decapitated. Can I explain that one? Leonardo decapitation. Yeah. So Halloween Resurrection sucks. And at the end of H2O, Laurie Strode decapitates Michael Myers. But then you find out it was actually a paramedic that he threw in his outfit and then ripped out his larynx so he couldn't speak. So he didn't survive a decapitation. It's just bad screenwriting. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay, so... And Buster Rhymes does Kung Fu. Go on. Yes. So, in Halloween 1, there was a tagline, and it's called, The Night He Came Home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the theme behind Halloween 1 is that, um, Michael Myers killed his sister, basically. When and, he was six years old. Right. Um, go ahead, I'll let you talk about it. Tell us about. What do you want to know? Let's just talk about Halloween. What kind of what created the genre? Because it is kind of its own genre. What what created the character? What's the? Well, originally it was called the Babysitter, 
murders and it was supposed to be a low budget kind of thing because John Carpenter was hot off uh, Assault on Precinct 13. The original, uh-huh. not the remake. Yes, and then 1978. They de- yes, so they decided to to shape it around the holiday, so it's kind of creepier, and you get that fall vibe because mm-hmm. it's set in Illinois, even though it was shot in California, and you can see palm trees. So what they had to do is they had a big old bag of leaves, so every shot they would just throw it in uh, in front of camera. And what else? What else do you want to know, Tony? So it's uh, the original Halloween is famous for a lot of reasons, right? Sure. It, it kind of it it launched the era of the slasher film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a low budget film that made an astronomical amount of money. It was one of it was at the time until Blair Witch the most profitable movie of all time. It's got one of the most famous film scores made by John Carpenter, right? Um, written by Carpenter himself, and it is. Uh, Full of a lot of iconic shots of Michael Myers that you see all over the place. And that's often yeah. replicated in other horror and films. And that's kind of why he's creepy, because he could always be lurking in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it created what is the third of the the iconic horror icons, right? You've got Freddy, you've got Jason, and you've got Michael Myers. What about Chucky? Okay. Or Ghostface. Or Leatherface. Or Pinhead. Yeah, Pinhead. <clears throat> Um, okay, so the Slash Happy... Um, slash Happy. Yeah, I know, right? So there were two prototypical slasher films released prior to this, but this seems to have kind of set the genre up. That uh, includes... Black Christmas. Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep, which were... Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, and Texas Chainsaw was also very low budget, which is kind of why it looks like a snuff film, which makes right. it creepier yeah. and dirtier. Um, I've never seen Black Christmas. I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You've seen a Black Christmas, Tony. Oh, that is true. Don't you remember? That is true. That what a delightful terrible romp. fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that uh, was pretty famous about Halloween is Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Um, Daughter of Janet Lee of Psycho fame. Typified the final girl trope is what they call it. The, mm-hmm. one, the one who survives. Yeah, and it also started the trope of pe- if you have sex, you will get killed. Mm-hmm. So she was too smart. She dressed like a dowdy homemaker. Um, and other girls in the movie had trendy fashion and exploring their sexuality. And they like to use drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... The interesting thing is in the original Halloween, there was a character that was actually a main character and ended up becoming a fan favorite, and that is Michael's therapist, Donald Dr. Pleasance as Dr. Loomis. Yes, um, who actually was mentioned quite a bit in Halloween Kills. And I'll, we'll talk about the movie more, but they didn't go the Peter Cushing Rogue One route and actually had an actor come back to be Dr. Loomis and kind of look like him. Yeah, I was so worried they were going to do a digital Dr. Loomis, and they <laughs> didn't do that. It's a Tupac moment. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then in 1981, three years later, Halloween 2. Yes. So John Carpenter was forced into making it, and he he says it's an abomination, and that he had tons of beer while writing it just to get through the fucking thing. And that's where the he pulled the fact that they're related out of his ass to give him a reason to go after her again at the <clears throat> hospital takes place like yeah, that's right the away. Yeah, that's thing that they mention is that Halloween 2 isn't very good because Lori is basically relegated to being disabled because of her injuries. 
And they brought that back again, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a whole lot of positives about this. Um, sure. Apparently, it's the same night. He's been picks up right away all day, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently it's gorier. There wasn't much six gore. bullets to the chest and head. Seven, actually, if you actually watch the movie and count. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, he does get to fake out a really dumb cop by pretending to be dead, which seems to happen in every fucking movie. Oh, and that's got the hot tub kill. Yes. Where he, he puts a lady's face in there and it scolds off all the skin. It's awesome. Nice. All right. So in our conversations the other night, your lovely partner slash, I'll say wife. You can say wife. Um. Mentioned Halloween 3 and how I would, hates I would remember it. it. So she apparently a lot of people hate it. <laughs> it's called Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. And right. And it is a completely different story. And let's talk about that. So in John Carpenter's mind, he was done making these movies. Mm-hmm. So he killed off, in his mind, Michael Myers in part 2. And was going to make Halloween an anthology thing with a different horror themed around Halloween movie coming out every year maybe? Now, the problem with that is they didn't advertise that Michael Myers wasn't in it, and that with part two, you already established that it's not an anthology thing. Mm-hmm. So when people came and saw this weird movie about Halloween masks that an evil businessman is turning children's faces into bugs and snakes and things on Halloween night, they were like, the hell is this? So here's the description, and you tell me if this fits. Okay. Season of the Witch treads a line between Lovecraftian horror mm-hmm. and corporate sci-fi dystopia. Yes. Planting itself in California instead of Illinois mm-hmm. and insinuating a terrible global Halloween night conspiracy, conspiracy all originating in a tiny rural company town. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's, that is correct. Okay. Um says, Tom Atkins stars as a middle-aged doctor drawn into the madness. After the worst protagonist of all time. <laughs> after a patient dies at the hands of a mysterious suit-wearing shills for a corporation that sells Halloween masks. This almost sounds to me like that one movie that we did, the Popcorn Mini on. The stuff? Yeah, the stuff. And that you, it's weird and you would hate it? Yeah. And that it's a corporation causing these deaths and... I mean, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Um, so, da-da-da-da says it's basically a cross between an evil Willy Wonka yeah. and Lord Summer Isle. So, let's talk about Tom Atkins' character. Okay. He ignores his ex-wife and children to hit on other women and go with this this much younger woman who's like half his age. He has sex with her twice before he asks how old she is. Jesus. <laughs> And this is our hero. Um, so John Carpenter scored the season of the Yes, Witch. this was the last one he was involved with. And it until also contains a song entitled Chariots of Pumpkins. It's pretty great. <laughs> I have he did the the scores for Halloween one, two, and three, and then this new trilogy. And gotcha. I have them all and they're so delightful. Three, four, and five were this anthology no, that wasn't no, really. So an anthology. four Three failed. Nobody liked it. So right. four is back to Michael Myers. Okay, so three was supposed to start off an anthology. Nobody yes. liked it, so they Which, returned. The f- problem is they picked such a weird fucking idea to start with. <laughs> gotcha. So the taglines for Halloween four and five were: "He's back," and "And this time, they're ready." They weren't. Spoiler. And then terror never rests in peace. So th- four, five, and six are called the Thorn trilogy. 
and essentially say that Michael Myers kills every mem- living member of his family because he's part of this druid curse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what we're going with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it says nothing that happens in 4, 5, and 6 ultimately matter because they're all generic teen slashers with mm-hmm. Spielber- Spielbergian great word little kids and a raving pleasance at their centers oh Don- by the time we get to to five donald pleasance it's a raving <laughs> raging elderly man that makes no sense and then He's the like, sixth film promptly kills jamie so jamie, jamie lloyd ja- no jamie lloyd is jamie lee curtis's in-universe daughter jamie lee curtis gotcha. wanted to be killed off so the new focus is on oh paul rudd was in six paul rudd is in six huh. And he was supposed to come back as Tommy Doyle for Halloween Kills, but he was doing Ghostbusters. Um, Michael apparently fathered a son by his niece. So this isn't so. The Weinstein's took over. Starting, oh, that makes sense. Starting with Halloween Six, and there's a producer's cut, not the theatrical cut. The producer's cut insinuates that Michael raped his like 16 year old niece and fathered a child, which if doesn't make sense if he's trying to kill off every living member of his family, right? So, you know, people say that's the better cut. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, un- unfortunately, Pleasance, who played Dr. Loomis, died after before they filming, were done. Mm-hmm. But before the release of the sixth film. Um, so, without him, there was only one other person who could keep the Halloween flame burning. Then in 1998, we get Kevin Williamson's version, Halloween H2O. Halloween 20, 20 years, years later. later. The one where Lori's back. <laughs> um, okay, so is it a direct sequel? Yes. To one um, and two. Also, little uh, JGL's in it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt shows up oh, yeah. for like five minutes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so two little, things are apparent when you watch H2O. Little Michelle Williams in one of her first roles. You're right. Well, that's, she's a Kevin Williamson favorite. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, says the first is how much the 90s did to advance the treatment of women in horror films yeah. and how markedly different adult Lori is from her terrified younger self. That's true. She is still clearly traumatized, but now she's pissed. But she's not full like Sarah Connor like she is in the new one. Right. Which she was, for sure. Um, at one point, the film shows a group of teenagers watching Scream 2 on Halloween night. Jesus Which Christ. doesn't make sense because in Scream 1, they're showing clips from the first Halloween. And it also stars acclaimed actor Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Who disappeared for 20 years and then randomly showed back up in... Uh, what is he doing now? That heist movie. What was that heist movie that we heist just watched? Movie. Did we watch a heist movie? Yeah, we did. Couldn't have been it that It was memorable. an armored truck heist movie where... Oh, oh. It, was a, it was a Jason Statham movie. Oh, that one that... Wrath? Yeah, Wrath of Man. I forgot he was. Yes. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yes, I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I, he 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 bulked up a lot. He did. Yeah, he was pretty ripped. All right, so after Maybe 1998, he went to oh, now we get into the shit. You ready for this? Halloween <laughs> Resurrection. So it completely fucks up the end of the last movie because uh-huh. Jamie Lee Curtis was contractually obligated to be in it, but she's like, "You're killing me off in the first 15 minutes." And then it becomes a movie about a found... F- no. Sorry. Oh, no. A live stream reality show set in the Michael Myers house, hosted by Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. 
Oh, I'll bet that was a good one. It's great. Buster Rhymes does kung fu and says trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> it's pretty great. Now I kind of want to watch. No, it. it that that one's so bad it's good, but it is it is god awful. It's very two thousand two yeah. in all the worst ways. Like one of the main characters has a relationship with a girl over email and lies about his age. Jeez. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. This is interesting. AOL Online. So, Lori gets killed within the first 10 minutes. Yep. It's awful. Kisses Michael on the mouth and says, I'll see you in hell. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay, so from 1998 to 2001, three years. Then six years later, we get the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Which is as gritty and dirty and redneck and vulgar as you could ever want. Right. So Malcolm McDowell takes over the role of Dr. Luke. And he's great. Like, there are good things in those movies. Yeah. Like, uh, Brad Dorf, Chucky, plays the sheriff, and he's really good. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's brilliant. He plays it like, an a- like he's an asshole, though. Like, Loomis is an asshole. Yeah, and he's, like, only out to take care of Michael to get this book deal. Yeah. It still sucks, and you shouldn't watch it. But <laughs> uh, Laurie Strode is played by Scout Taylor Compton, mm-hmm. um, and so Malcolm McDowell and she are uh, basically searching for the connection between her and Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, like all Rob Zombie films, these are steeped in violence and obscenity. Lots of rape and people yelling obscenities at each other. Of course, she's yeah. in both of them. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Uh, it says, as horror films go, these are among the better offerings of the aughts crop of gritty slashers. I mean, in terms of the horror remakes that were the prevalent then, like they redid Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, right. Texas Chainsaw, it's probably the best one. Because instead of just remaking Halloween, the first half is like a little prequel about Michael and mm-hmm. how he got to that place. And the second half is like a remake of the John Carpenter one. And I'm like, that's different. Yeah, and then the second one is just insanity and goes full Rob Zombie, and it's like near incomprehensible. Right. So if you separate those from the previous Halloween movies, are they something that you think you would have liked if the previous ones didn't exist? No, because I'm not a Rob Zombie fan. Okay. All okay. those movies just that's make fair. me want to take a shower for that's a week. Fair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Did they star the the clown? What was he? Sid Haig, I think, is in it. Uh, Danny Trejo shows up. A lot of a lot of good people show yeah. up for a little bit, but. And then nine years later, Mm -hmm. we get this Halloween 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, Full-on reboot. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Um, They did a Ghostbusters Afterlife and realized nobody wanted it remade. So, but this time her entire family faces down Michael, whether they're ready or not. Um, Says this version of Halloween pays homage to the original Halloween in numerous ways. Sure. It expects its viewers to know and love the original film. Mm -hmm. So it requires some know-how. I, I, I agree with that. You kind of have to know the story to know what you're getting into. Um, it's fully aware of what Halloween films do best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lets Michael Myers terrify viewers as he conducts his regularly scheduled slow-motion eerie rampage through Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the 10th time in 40 years they've made a Halloween movie. It was 2018. And then you get this year's Halloween. Oh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis has been in a Halloween movie every decade. Yeah. 70s. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's 78, nuts, 81, 98, 02, 18, and 21. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's have a little more of an in-depth conversation about 2018 and 2021. Sure. Okay. Um, so 2018, 
probably one of the better ones for me. The previous one, probably the second best one, kitschy, yeah. dirty, not really. Eh. Um, oh yeah, there was a period of three movies where they were just pretty much worthless throwaway, right? I mean. It's not something that was supposed to be a franchise. Yes. And I think even Halloween Kills is showing that a little bit. <laughs> um, and this is where I want to talk a little bit about Blumhouse. Oh, we've we've we're fans of Blumhouse. Even when they fail, like I respect their business model and what they're trying to do. Yes. However, I don't know I the the Halloween Kills was good, right? And I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But there came a point where it felt like a Blumhouse picture. And when That's I say fair. it felt like a Blumhouse picture, it um, it devolved from what felt like an intelligent carryover from 2018 sure. to this, let's have a giant circle jerk around Michael laying on the ground. Let's kick him. Let's beat him with bats. Let's one at a time. Someone that- brings a, a, an iron to the fight? Right. It's like, it seems do you felt- not have guns? <laughs> right. Um, and then... Oh, I'm going to shoot him once, and then I'm going to lean over his face as close as possible. It's almost like it's a second part in a trilogy, yeah. and we need another movie. And that felt very Blumhouse. To I'm me. with you. I think was there was a scene similar to that in um, uh, the Island movie, Fantasy, Fantasy <laughs> Island. <laughs> See, it, when I think of Fantasy Island, I watched the TV series like as a child. That was one it of playing. the few series, right? Mm-hmm. That was not Fantasy Island. Clearly, right. But, it wasn't um, scary either. It was yeah. neither. Yeah. But all of those Blumhouse movies, save The Invisible Man, which I think we both loved. Like, we both thought it was fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm, no, hold up. Get Out, Freaky, Happy Death Day. Right. But even Get Us. Out and Freaky had those moments where they felt like a typical Blumhouse film. And it's almost like it's... Freaky, yes. I don't know about Get Out as much. That's very clearly Jordan Peele. What was the what was the other the other the other one um, with the really cool twist about the ballerina? Black Swan. No, it was the other horror movie. Ballerina. Where they had like the Bizarro family that matched their current family. Oh, that wasn't Blumhouse. Right, but what was that movie? It was Us. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Us. And then there's a series, a TV series that's loosely It's called Them, yeah. but they're not related, which was the most baffling thing we could not wrap our minds around. <laughs> um, so anyways, 2018, you have this, I'm going to kick your ass, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, the, and that's the other thing about Kills. It completely undoes, un, yeah. undoes that whole ending. And she's in the hospital the whole fucking time. Which is the, With a fucking knife. Yeah, and the whole the only point for that is like, well, they, they got to save their final showdown to the next movie, so she's just gonna chill here now. I love the trope of the girl yelling, "Come get me, Michael! Come get me, you motherfucker!" <laughs> it happened twice in this movie. Well, a lot of things happen. Three times. Three times. Yeah, a lot movie. of things yeah. happen over and over again. Like, I think that's one of the problems of it. It's very repetitive. Yeah. Is like someone will go. Well, they get this whole mob, but only they'll only go at like two or three people at a time. Yeah, and then he'll kill them all, and then they'll try it again. Right, and I evil mean, dies tonight. They know the guy's coming back, so why yeah. don't they literally destroy his body, tear it into pieces, all of that? If shit. the mob had him surrounded like they did, yeah. get all your guns and just go buck wild. Yeah, on him. or get a chainsaw and cut him into cut multiple his pieces. Fucking head yeah. off. Yeah, right. And that's but I we think come with baseball bats. <laughs> that ultimately is the reason why I can't stand these movies. Now, like, 
Jason, for some reason, is there's a always an explanation as to why it's he continues. It's stupid, but you're right. Yeah. Um, but with this movie, it's he just can't die, and there's no explanation. And they tried with the whole druidic kind of spirituality To thing. their credit, the Thorn trilogy is garbage, but they're like, if we have to continue to make these, we have to give an explanation. Right, and I appreciate that. But this time around, it's like, so we threw the druid curse thing away. Yeah. But, like, he's... I don't know. They don't explain it. You're right. All right. So here's the question. Other than remakes or rebooting of a series, do you think that the Halloween series will ever come to an actual end? The next one is called Halloween Ends, and it better. (laughs) Unless they want to take the anthology idea again, I don't see how you could keep this going. Do you think that they could reboot the anthology idea and still call it a Halloween movie? I think Halloween 3 has enough fans now and if you the marketing kind of acknowledge that that's what they're doing yeah. i think people might be open to it and it since it's blumhouse you could keep the budget relatively right. low and there'd be very little well risk. like they did with the blair witch sequel that no one was expecting they said it was a blair witch story or adjacent something, yeah right yeah <sighs> i don't know um but i'm also okay if they just end it honestly <laughs> okay okay that's i mean that that's a good so, yeah, but for me, it's, it's like Halloween Kills is the one that I enjoyed the most out of the uh, the one. And I've seen most of them over time. I just well, couldn't bring talk to me about that. Why, why this one? Because this one, I enjoyed it too, but it obviously has a lot of problems. Yeah, it has a lot of problems. First of all, Anthony Michael Hall or Michael C. Hall. What's well, name? that's the other thing. Real quick, I want to address. So if you take – if only Halloween 1 has happened. Right. Three people died in 1978. Right. And he's been in captivity ever since, and then he escaped and killed a few more people. Like, he doesn't have the following where, like, Halloween 2 happened and he killed, like, a whole bunch more people where he'd actually be, like, a threat. Mm-hmm. And even in the, in, in the 2018 movie, they're like... But they talked about his body count in Halloween Kills. They talked about all of the people that he's killed. Well, if you keep it on the same night, which is what they did, then how would they know about how many people he's killed at that point well but it's only on the same night for two movies right but like all of haddonfield is like pissed because i mean it can't be the same night if everyone is older you know what are you talking about well you keep saying they kept it on the same night but yeah 2018 goes directly into halloween kills and it's still the same halloween night so how the hell would they know how many people he's killed that night talking about the whole series no but he's killed three people in 1978 and then he killed a bunch of people in 2018 but i don't think like, it would have been recent enough that everyone would have known how many people he killed. So why did the town go oh, gotcha. all up in arms about it? Well, the town got all riled up after the, the three survivors came out and were like, we need to fucking kill him. Fuck that guy. At a comedy show, nonetheless. I don't get that either. It's like, it's a talent show, and then Anthony Michael Hall comes up and is like, I'm going to recount Halloween 1978. And it's yeah. like, okay, so you have some trauma. Sure. Yeah. You were... Almost killed as a kid. That's traumatic. Here's but, another, like, 40 years later? Yeah. Here's another question. Um, we never really get to see Michael Myers run, but do you think he does run? Because, like, well, he keep turns in mind, the corner and disappears, right? That is his thing. But keep in mind, he's also, like, 60 now. Yeah. I don't think he'd be doing much running no more. Yeah. What? I was upset when he killed those senior citizens, but then I realized those are, like, his peers now. Um. Was it Little Dick and Big Dick? Little John and Big little John. Little John and Big John. But it's pretty much that joke. That, to me, uh, was 
what made it clear that Kenny P. Kenny Powers. Kenny P. Kenny mm-hmm. Powers wrote the movie. I mean that those two yeah. characters and that whole thing. By the way, if there's a killer in your house, don't fucking shut and lock the doors. Oh, and that's a complaint a lot of people have. It's like people just aren't making smart decisions. But after the year we've lived through, Tony, I think people are pretty stupid overall. So I, I kind of buy I mean, it now. You're not wrong. <laughs> I can't disagree with you there. But still, it's like... No, I'm with you. It's like... The two people leave. who are willing to kill him outside of Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. are the lovers that include oh, Stuart from fucking Mad TV, who yep. I could not get that image out of my head. Also, did you notice when they showed a flashback of one of the people that got killed in 1978, they used a picture of a young Bob Odenkirk? I didn't notice that. And then they just credit him as Bob. Oh, wait, wasn't it the cop? No, it was the kid with the glasses that gets killed. Wasn't and... the kid? Okay. Um, I was intrigued. So at... that's another thing. I'm like, so... There's a lot of comedy people in this. Like, Judy Greer should not be one of the leads in your horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but seriously, there was... He comes walking out of the house. <laughs> yeah. And there's cops that surrounded him with guns. And this dumb motherfucker stops him from shooting him. And I thought they were going to get delve back into that. Maybe they will in the next one. What but the hell? A lot of things just happen and then they're kind of forgotten about. And yeah, I think... pe- people make stupid decisions, mm-hmm. including cops. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, yeah. So Halloween Kills was decent. It's in the theaters. It's on HBO Max. I am a fan, but it's stupid. Um, it, but also, it wasn't terrible. If you're saying like, "Oh, this ruined the Halloween franchise," like, then you're not a fan of the Halloween franchise. Yes, yeah, there's a I lot mean, of shit out there. This definitely brings back some of the stuff from the the good ones. If for they sure. stick the landing, I think I'll like Halloween Kills more. Over I was just time. about to say, do yeah. you think that the Halloween ends, if it's done right, will make Halloween 2018 and Kills better for you? I almost wonder if like that's why Kills feels a little unsatisfying because it's like if you could pop in 2018 and then Kills and then ends. Well, you did. And like you a marathon. 2018 before Kills, right? Yeah, but yeah. like I, missing that last part leaves this one feeling kind of incomplete. Gotcha. So Halloween Kills is on HBO Max right now. It is on Peacock. So um, you I'm sorry, Peacock. So you will Malignant. not be watching it. On Malignant P- is on HBO Max. Not anymore. Is it off already? Yeah, after a month. Okay. Um, and Cop then Shop you can rent. Cop Shop you can rent. Uh, Antlers is in theaters. French Dispatch might I think be Antlers in one of them. actually comes out. Does it? Next week, November 3rd, I think. November. French Dispatch will probably be at a weird like indie theater for a while. Yeah. So good luck. So, um, you know, get out of the house. Go watch a couple movies. Be sure. safe about it. Sure. Wear your mask if the theater tells you to. Sure. Um, there's some good movies coming out. A lot of them. We're going to talk about Dune. I've seen part one. I thought it was visually delicious. Is it boring? Um, no, not at all. And that was the thing. I expected okay. it to be boring. Okay. Um, I'll say this. Um, it's the first movie that I've really seen that had Timothy Chalamet in a leading role. Mm-hmm. Um that I didn't hate him. That's fair. Uh, and Oscar Isaac is fantastic in it. Mm. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson without makeup is just as beautiful as she is with makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the cool the coolest thing about it, and then we'll we'll touch on this more next episode. But the coolest sure. thing about it is that there's not computers everywhere, even though it's like 
2142 or whatever the the year is. I mean, it's <laughs> hundreds of years in the future. Um, but it's brilliant how it's done. Uh, Jason Momoa is brilliant. So um, as Duncan Idaho. Yeah. I, see, I knew you would be one of those that made fun of that. I actually enjoyed the fact that he had a name that was. You know, in in homage to if that's what it is, the world that was there before things now. If that's what it is, then yeah, I think that's cool. So um, I don't know anything about the cool thing is is part two was announced and Villeneuve Villeneuve uh, has said openly that he's ready to make a third movie as well. Because there's more books. Yeah, there's nine books, I think. Holy shit, dude! So yeah, um, if you're going to go see a movie expecting to see Zendaya, she's in it for seven minutes. Um, it's an impactful gotcha. seven minutes, and she's going to have a much bigger part in part two. But uh, we will we will cover both the new and the old Dunes. Um, Good luck in a in a couple episodes in an episode. I have. Have you seen the eighty four one? I have. It's been a minute, but yeah, I have as well. And I could isn't not... the creepy lady from Poltergeist in it? The old lady. I know who you're talking about. I Zelda Rubenstein. I don't. Know. We'll, I, I don't we're going to watch it. We'll be able to have a conversation. I know. About it. Sting is in it. Sting is in it. I know Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin is, is in, in it, it. Mm-hmm. and I know Patrick Stewart is in it. Yes. Nice. Anyone else? I don't really remember. Yeah. I don't know, but we're gonna watch it. We're gonna talk about it. Um, Old and... versus new. Guess one. Which one will be better? Hey, by the way, I had an americano this evening. Did you? Made Did by you? producer Chris with uh, his coffee dudes coffee dot com, com. coffee. Um, it was fucking amazing. I don't drink black coffee. Now you um, do. But when but I, now do, I do, this is it was fantastic. What was the roast that you used on this one? Ethiopia Yurga Chef roasted that on uh, Saturday afternoon. It's so beautiful. Made up Tastes amazing. Um, check out coffeedudescoffee.com. Thanks for your support, Chris. Um, thanks for checking out Popcorn Tribunal. Glad to be back. We've got some big movies coming up, some exciting stuff to talk about. Oh, also, yeah. check out popcorntribunal.com. Tyler's got a couple reviews he's recently written. I'm going to be writing some. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple ghost writers who are published authors that will be writing some additional content for us up there. So keep an eye on the website. Send us your comments on Twitter and on Instagram at Popcorn Tribunal. We look forward to hearing back from you. Tyler, it's good to see you, buddy. Congratulations on the wedding. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome, everybody. Have a good night, uh, everybody. Yeah. Oh, this is the banter. Do we banter until we out? Outro banter. Those pants make your package look huge. Thank you. Insert zip sound. You're welcome. If you say insert zip sound. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good night. You didn't touch your water. I had this thing. I really have to. Could have just used the bottle.